I'll start off in Matthew 7. Last Wednesday evening, I shared seven steps to answered prayer from Kenneth Hagin's Bible study course. And I'm not going to go back over that because that's on the app. You can check that out. That was last Wednesday. But in watching last Wednesday, uh, I was struck by the surety of the language in the New Testament regarding prayer. And this is huge because, you know, I've been a Christian 63 years and I'm constantly tweaking my prayer life. And I think I'm doing a good job stating things before the king in the positive. But when I was watching last Wednesday night, I thought, you know, I need to do a better job. And I'm going to share with you why. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask, and it will be given to you. I mean, how strong is that language? Talk to me. How strong is that language? Is that like luck, chance, maybe, leap years? No. And what do we have to go by but the word of God? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, what I want to just open with this evening is this idea, because point number seven from last Wednesday was, make every prayer relative to what you've asked for a statement of faith instead of a statement of unbelief. All right, so use the word of God that we have just rehearsed and assume your answer is indeed on the way because God himself has given you his word that your prayers in Jesus' name will be answered, but also take the posture of faith every day in every prayer that your answer is indeed on the way because God himself has given you his word that your prayers in Jesus' name will be answered. See, he says, ask, and it will be given to you. So it's, it's a posture, and it's an attitude, and it's an expectancy. And I'm not teaching you this this evening. I'm saying this to me as much as to you. Because it's kind of a habit in prayer, isn't it? That I'm praying, and uh, someday, maybe, probably, it'll come to pass. But that's not the attitude to have. The attitude to have is ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone. Everyone who asks receives. Somebody might say, well, how can he say that? Because not everybody's a Christian. Well, if they're not Christians, they're not asking. Amen. Can you see? So he can say that. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. All right, so here's another one from last Wednesday that really caught my attention. And, and of course, this is very familiar to you, Mark 11, 22 and 23. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I send you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, 
but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. No luck, no chance, no maybe, no odds, no leap year, no nothing. Amen. He shall have. All right, but my point is, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you, that it's a discipline and we need to do a better job. That, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. See, the, the point is, and I'm talking to myself, that when we pray, it's not out there somewhere, maybe. Because he said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So it's an attitude, it is a posture of faith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And, you know, David talked about, I recite my verses for the king. So basically my prayer life now, the last few years, is reciting verses for the king. All of this based on the seven points we shared last Wednesday night. Based on scriptures that I have found to cover my case. But my point is, when I watched last Wednesday night and I, I listened to the language of these particular verses, I thought, I'm not doing a good enough job here. And I figure if I'm not doing a good enough job here, then maybe we are not doing a good, good enough job here. He shall have whatsoever he saith. But is that really what we're expecting? Now, you can mess yourself up. Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, used to say, you know, don't confess a thousand oil wells. In other words, there's no point in confessing something at a level where you're not. In other words, because we have, we, we, we're going to get back into uh, Romans 12, 3 here in a minute, that we're supposed to do something with the measure of faith we had. You know, we had, there's a video online I saw of one of our members standing, pressing, doing a standing press of a thousand pounds. Of course, that was back when he was fit in the armed services. I don't think he could do that today. You know, I hope he doesn't watch this and get offended at me, but I don't think he could. But anyway, there's no point in me going to the Life Fitness tomorrow and saying, load her up with a thousand pounds and uh, I'm going to give it the old heave ho and, you know, <laughs> my college best. I would, I would, I would damage myself. So what I'm saying is you got to work up to bigger things. Amen. And that's true in the natural and that's true in the spiritual. All right, here's another one. The next verse, 24. Therefore I send you what things serve you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. <laughs> this, you know, this is a constant, uh, it needs to be a constant focus when we pray. Thank you, Father God. I believe I receive. And uh, we just heard Kenneth Hagin say in the car on the way over here, the very fact that I'm believing I receive doesn't mean I have it yet. But I believe I receive. And as I believe I receive, my posture of faith is it's on the way. Amen. Because, see, he's my daddy. Amen. It's on the way. John 15, 7, of course, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And somebody might say, well, how can he say that? Because, you know, I might ask for 14 wives. 
Well, if you're remaining in his word, you're not going to ask for 14 wives. See, it self-eliminates, takes care of itself. And, and before you do something like that, make sure you can afford the one you have. <laughs> if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And look at the language and it will be given you. Look at the language and it will be given you. No, no maybes, no 80% chance. It will be given you. Here's another one, John 16. This all caught my attention watching last Wednesday. John 16, 23, 24. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you. My father might give you. My father perhaps will give you. If, if you've been a very good boy, you know, like Santa, if you've been a very good boy, my father will give you. Is that what it says? No, no he says, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Maybe part of not having the posture that we ought to have is that we've asked for things carelessly because we assumed they wouldn't come. Maybe we need to be more disciplined in what we're asking for, assuming it will come. Amen. I tell you the truth. Oh, so he's not lying to us. I love the King James. I always did when I was a boy. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. See, the very fact, the very fact that I'll get up tomorrow and uh, <laughs> Mansfield changed trash days where we lived to Mondays and Thursdays. So somebody hates a preacher somewhere. But anyway, so I'm going to be getting up early tomorrow. It's trash day even though I'm speaking tonight. But the point is, I'll be out there with a flashlight. And the very fact that I'm asking means I'll receive. See, that needs to be our attitude. The very fact that I'm asking means I'll receive. No ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. And you see that? Amen. And then this was not in the notes last Wednesday, but this is, I think, one of the most important passages in the New Testament, 1 John 5, 14, 15. This is the confidence, and that's what we need. We need more of. I don't know about you, but whatever prayers I get answered in 2023, I'd like more answered in 2024. You know, I'm down to one thing I'm believing God for in my body. I, I imagine there's people in their 20s that are believing God for all kinds of things, not one thing. But I'm down to one thing. I got everything else healed. It's all behind me. But I want to get her done. Amen? And then I, I'm going for that doubling. Amen? So uh, I want to do a better job. How many of you would like to do a better job, not a better job praying, but a better job being effective in prayer in 2024. I got my hand up. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, and how do we know his will? Talk to me, how do we know his will? His word, if we ask anything, if we ask anything, if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything. Now, 
the only restriction I see there is it has to be according to his will. I don't see any other restriction there. So if I ask anything, and that's why it's important, uh, point number one from last Wednesday was find two or three scriptures that promise you what you're believing God for. Because if you can't find two or three scriptures that promise you what you're believing God for, well, you don't have any business praying about it in the first place. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and he says it again to make sure we got it, whatever we ask, and this is John. And if, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask. So he says, whatever to reaffirm anything in verse 14 we know that we have what we ask of him. And there it is. We know that we have. <laughs> I think sometimes we treat God or, or we, we look to God like we treat other people. The check's in the mail. You know, I bought a car on August 22 and I still don't have the title. And I, I mean, I mean, I'm... I, I don't like to be cruel, but I've, I've put pressure on them. And I think we do people certain ways, and then that impacts the way we look to God. I think another thing that affects the way we look to God is the way our own, da our own daddies treated us. You know, did we have a daddy that delivered We need to renew our minds. We need to do a better job renewing our minds to who he is. Did you know I was 60 years old or so before I could call him daddy? Don't, don't, don't wait that long. It's a great revelation. I fear him. I do. I do. I fear him. But he's my daddy. So I can go to him based on his word and I can ask in the name of Jesus. You know, if, if Austin got jammed up somehow and, and he said, look, I got to have $10,000 as a kind of an emergency by the end of the month, I wouldn't say, check's in the mail. You know, maybe, you know, jump through these hoops, you know, kiss my grits, you know, I wouldn't do any of that. I would deliver. Amen. See, because that's my child or Christina. Do you understand? Yes. And even if it costs me, but it can't cost God. Do you understand? Even if it messed up my math, but it can't mess up God's math. And we, we, we don't see him that way. Daddy, he's my father. He's Abba. And he wants us to look to him and he wants us to go to him. We saw that last Wednesday. And nobody was stronger on that than John Osteen. You know, that he wants us to ask and he wants us, I, re, I mentioned last Wednesday, Paul Youngie Cho's book, The Fourth Dimension. If you're believing God for anything, you need to read that book 
because he talks about being specific. Go to God and specifically tell him what you want. Because if we're not specific, how can we, how, if God did answer us, how would we even know it was God? You know, Lord, I want you to bless me. Well, how do you know that you even got an answer? But if you say, Father, I like the red impala, new, you know, thus, thus, this, 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 and then it, it shows up, well, then you know, well, that, that must have been your father. Can you see that? But if we just say, you know, Kenneth Hagin, in this same message, earlier in the same message, he, he makes fun of somebody going to a grocery store and pushing a cart around and never putting anything in the cart. And if you did that for four or five hours, somebody would say to you, can I help you? Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I just want some groceries. And after another two or three or four hours, they would call somebody to come get you, right? So, but that's this thing of this general prayer. Well, I want some answers. Yeah, but what do you want? Name them, cite them, describe what you want. He's your father. Who else are you going to tell? I'm in this weird place where everybody ahead of me that I look to, they're all gone. Every one of them. Last time Lester Summerall was with us, I uh, went to collect him at the hotel to take him to the airport. And normally he'd be in the lobby ready, but he wasn't. So I went up to his room. I sat down at the little table there overlooking the parking lot. And he was staring wistfully into space. And he named their names. And most of them I had never heard the names. But people that were ahead of him and fathers in the faith to him. And he went down the list and he said, they're all gone. And I think it was 19 days later, he was gone. But I'm not going anywhere in 19 days. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, who am I going to go to? I'm going to go to Father. I don't have anybody else to go to. Right? I got to go to Daddy. Who am I going to go to? Who am I going to tell? Not that I ever would use it, but you know, I mean, I had these men's cell numbers. I had Lester Summerall's cell number. I had Fred Price's cell number, but I mean, I never called them. But I mean, I can't even do that now. They're gone. They're gone. But there is one, and he's never gone, and he's always there. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. He always picks up. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 This is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. We have an approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. No ifs, ands, maybes, buts, odds, chances about it. So use the word of God that we've just rehearsed and assume your answer is indeed on the way because God himself has given you his word that your prayers in Jesus' name will be answered. And take the posture of faith every day in every prayer that your answer is indeed on the way because God himself has given you his word that your prayers in Jesus' name will be answered. And I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me and you. I need to do a better job right here. 
It's on my mind. Tomorrow morning, I've done this a hundred times in my life. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to pray differently. Amen. I'm going I'm to thank God and believe I receive at every point. Amen. And be specific. Now, we left off, we were talking about enemies of prayer. And we were talking about last time and the time before that, an enemy of prayer being dependence on other people's faith. And in this, E.W. Kenyon says, we can unconsciously become spiritual hitchhikers. Why would a person hitchhike? Well, because they don't have their own car. And what's a spiritual hitchhiker? Well, somebody who doesn't have their own faith. And I see this as one of the biggest problems in full gospel churches across the land. People want to do nothing, not, not read their Bible, not tithe, not give, not be a doer of the word, not pray. But then when some tragedy strikes, they want someone else to pray for them and work up a miracle for them. Now, in reading the Christmas cards and letters, chock full of praise reports, amazing. And uh, I'm really proud of this congregation. I'm really proud of some young people have gotten married. They're equally yoked. They've been doers of the word of God. They've been saving money. Uh, some with parents' help, some without parents' help. And then they're buying houses. You know, they're printing so much money. If, if you don't own a house, you're not even participating in the inflation. This church was pioneered with $20,000 that we got off the inflation on our, the sale when we sold our first house to go to Africa. I used to call that Jimmy Carter's inflation, but Jimmy Carter's inflation was child's play compared to recent days. But so all that positive stuff, positive reports. But there are people in this church and they're in the fight of their life. And it really irritates the H-E-L-L out of me that I'm doing my best to teach the word, but there are ministers who would lead people to believe that all you need to do is drink a bottle of anointing oil, all you need to do is come get hands laid on you two dozen times, all you need to do is run a lap or whatever it is. I want you to see clearly that I'm an honest minister of the gospel and if I could get you healed by you drinking anointing oil, I'd hold you down and I'd pour it down your gullet because I want you well. And if I could get you healed by laying hands on you two dozen times, I'd lay hands on you two dozen times. It would make me know never mind. I would do the work. But in our hearts, while I'm talking, every one of us here knows that's dishonest. There's more. And I'm convinced the more is in Mark eleven twenty two to 24. It's there. We got to find it. I mean, I'm blessed. I got one thing I'm believing for in my body. Just one thing. But we have brothers and sisters amongst us 
and they're in the fight of their life. And you know what's going to help them is the Word of God. Amen. The unchanging, immutable Word of the living God. That's what's going to help them. Not doing stuff that's not even in the Bible. Somebody might say, well, laying hands is in the Bible. Yeah, but also remember, the Bible also says, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. And then we dealt with this a few weeks ago, that when you try and manufacture a move of God, when there is no move of God, you're moving in the flesh, you're moving in the sense realm, and you can open yourself up to demons. We sure don't want to do that. So thank God we have a blessed congregation, but my heart is, it's, it's just my nature. I want them well. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou be in health and prosper, even as thy soul prospereth. I want, I want them well. Amen. I want them well. Amen. But if I could do it by, you know, promoting some of this stuff, well, I would do it, but I, I've, I've been at this 50 years. Tell your neighbor, it's been a while. So I've been, I've been at this 50 years and I have never seen any of that bear fruit. And yet I read these Christmas letters and letter after letter after letter after letter after letter after letter and a hundred more afters. They tell the story of, I believe God for this and I prayed about that and I quoted this word and it came to pass. Over and 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 a hundred more overs. Because the word works. God is not like folk out here. He is a God of his word. He makes his word come to pass. Somebody might say, well, if that's all there is to it, how come we don't get better results? That's why we're here on Wednesday nights. That's why we're doing this series. You know, we started this series in 2020. I don't care how long it takes. What could we talk about more important than faith and prayer? So we want to do a better job believing and receiving. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so don't be like that. Don't be a spiritual hitchhiker. Don't be somebody who never prays and never takes action on the word of God and never studies the Bible for yourself and never meditates on the word of God. And that word, that right there, that word right there, that's something that we would be, we would be well served to, because even I'm not, I'm not, even I don't do that. And I need to start doing that. In other words, set aside so many minutes a day. And even if it's just five or 10 and just meditate on the word of God, pick a verse and just meditate on it. To, because we need to get the word of God down into us. So Romans 12, 3, we dealt with this. God has given unto every man a measure of faith. That's true. But you, what have we done with our faith? And this is why back at I-30, and I don't know if people judge me for it or not, but I was constantly telling people to exercise your faith and believe God for, if, uh, if you need a dishwasher, you can wash dishes a week or two or three, believe God. In other words, find ways to believe God. And I used to say this up at I-30, exercise your faith on money. 
Because when you exercise your faith on money, it's not fatal if you don't receive. And it's a good way to practice, is to, to believe God for a raise or believe God for a new dishwasher, whatever it is, and learn how it works. See, that's the thing. We have to learn how it works. And most of us, especially those of us that honor the Lord with our wealth on a regular basis, we live most of our lives and we don't even have a need. We live most of our lives and we never even, there's no threat to us. We live most of our lives and there's no big issue. And if we're not careful, we can let go of working that faith and finding out how it works. It's important to know how it works. I went to the Lord years ago about why in the world is it so easy to believe you for money compared to believing you for healing? And he said that he spoke to me immediately. A lot of times I don't get those kind of answers, but he spoke to me immediately. He said, well, that's easy. He said, you're taking action constantly on money. You're giving all the time. You're tithing all the time. You're giving all the time. You have those challenge offerings. But he said, when was the last time you did James 5? That's when, that is when we started praying for people at the front again. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and they shall anoint him with oil and pray over him the prayer of faith. And if he has committed sin, the Lord will forgive him and the Lord shall raise him up. And so we have to find ways to take action on the word of God. And not just money. How about forgiveness? How about that? How about forgiving people that have done us wrong? How about, how about, how about letting go of baggage from the past? See, wouldn't that be taking action on the word of God? Amen. Because Jesus taught us forgive as your father in heaven has forgiven you. And actually worse, he taught us that if we don't forgive the sins of others, God won't forgive us our sins. That's horrific. So how about finding all kinds of ways to take action on the word of God? It'll help us in our faith because it's only when we take action on the word of God that we grow our faith. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. To abide means to live in, settle down in, and take up residence in. Not an overnight stop, long term. Here's a paraphrase. If you live in, settle down in, take up residence in me, and my words live in, settle down in, take up residence in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. So you begin to live in the word. One point of blinding revelation last Wednesday night is I... I have this list of three advantages that Sue and I had, and, and I know it, and I understand it, but in the midst of the message last Wednesday night, I said a fourth advantage we have is that we put the Word of God ahead of relationships. If I was a member of Faith Christian Center and I was having trouble getting a prayer answered, this, this would be one of the very first places I looked because people nurse Bible haters. Well, that's my friend, you know. I went to high school with them. Look, I don't care. I don't want to know anybody I went to high school with. They're all old people, you know. <laughs> last, uh, last reunion, you know, they, they send me stuff about reunions, emails, whatever, and I, I went there and clicked the link. Man, they look like a bunch of Walmart escapees. I don't want to know those people, <laughs> you know. You know, I'm, 
and I'm, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people from the past. I, I want to be connected to people that are, that are going to encourage me. I want to be connected to people that are going to build me up. I want to be connected to people that are going to speak life to me. I want to be, I want to be connected to people that are for me. How about that? How about just being, how about just being connected to people that are for you? Because a lot of people, man, you know, they're, they're jealous, they're envious, whatever. How about people that are kind to your children? I mean, really, if they're not kind to your children, it's not that you wish them ill or try and do something to them, but really, who needs them? Kind to your children. I always loved Kathy Mink for that because she was always mindful of Austin and she was always mindful of Christina. And whenever she was here, she, you know, she was so excited when Austin's kids came in. And, and then whenever Christina happened to be here with her girls, you know, how about, how, about, how about filling our lives with people who are for our children? Amen. Amen. And it doesn't mean we're trying to do anything to anybody. We just say, you know, hey, God bless. How you doing, buddy? You know, see you. You know, love them from a distance. Amen. Amen. But not, not listen to them on the cell phone. You know, somebody came to me last year with a what to do situation and they said, well, so-and-so says, I said, what are you talking to so-and-so for? Oh my gosh, a name from the past. So we have to be careful. Jesus said, be careful how you listen. Who are you hanging out with? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Amen? See, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna live in, settle down in, and take up residence in the Word of God, can I hang out with Bible haters? No. What do you mean, Bible haters? People who disagree with the Bible. It's amazing to me. And so you begin to live in the word. You're acting on the word. You're taking advantage of your privileges in Christ. Here are some don'ts. Don't try to believe, just act on the word. This is the, this is the most important thing I could say probably in 2024. Don't try to believe God, just act, just act on the word of God. You know, I try and avoid tithing as an example, but here we go. You don't even have to believe in it. You don't, you don't even have to have faith in it. You don't even have to... Uh, you don't even have to try and believe. Just take action and then see what happens. See, it's by taking action that we have faith. It's by taking action that we exhibit faith. It's by taking action that we grow faith. Same thing with, is, is true with uh, uh, giving above and beyond. It doesn't have to be big money. I love the way Moses taught it. Give in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. And... Uh, so you just head out, believe God. I tell you what, those Christmas letters were chock full of young people, young single people and young couples telling stories of how they gave in a challenge offering and they believed God for something in particular, in specific, and they got it. 
I mean, those letters were chock full of testimonies on giving. But it's as we take action. And somebody might be sitting here tonight and saying, well, you know, I didn't get anything in particular. Well, you may be giving like I do. And I'm bad about it. I mean, we're blessed. We're pretty blessed. And so, you know, we just, we just keep throwing money at God. And I, I'm not asking for anything. Somebody might say, well, that's not very intelligent. Well, it's kind of where I am. Because we're pretty blessed. So I just keep, I just, man, I, and, and I, I'm not thinking about what I'm making. I'm thinking about what I'm giving, man. I, I mean, that's the, that's what the number I'm looking at, not what I'm making. What difference does that make? I mean, and again, I understand. I, I'm 68 years old. Tell your neighbor, he's been saving money a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a different situation. But my point is, uh, I'm bad about that. And I probably, that's something else I need to work on. In other words, when I give to believe God in particular for a certain result. I'll tell you who's getting it is the young people of this church, whether they're single or whether they're married. I could tell by, the, by that, by the Christmas letters. So don't try to believe, just act on the word. I mentioned forgiveness here earlier. If you've been holding ought against someone, you know, forgive them. Take action on the word of God. You'll get stronger. Tell your neighbor, take action on the word of God and you'll get stronger. Yeah. So don't have, and also here, here's something else. Don't have a double confession. Don't, don't be saying one thing in prayer and something later. And, and this is something else that Gene's got to work on. Because we can, man, we can go to prayer. Doesn't matter how much time we pray, man, we can say all this positive stuff. But what are we saying an hour later? And I'm running out of time, but I'm going re- to rehearse to you what I rehearsed to Sue earlier today, and that is this. The greatest revelation in my life personally, personally, that did me the most good personally in 2023 is to fight every battle incident by incident using Colossians 2.15 and Galatians 3.13 and not tolerating anything, not putting up with anything from Satan. That's the greatest revelation of my life personally in 2023 and I'm telling you because here's what you don't want to do and now I'm speaking not just about your body but also about your money you do not want Satan stacking up symptoms on you a lady that worked for us this must have been 25 years ago maybe longer 30 this was before Vicky Gonzalez this must have been 30 35 years ago she came to us and uh she was so embarrassed. She hung her head. She was so ashamed. She had worked for us. And then she, she quit, went to a different job. And then she, but she came in for counseling. And she told the story that she had quit us and gotten a job, making a little more money. And then she'd gotten sick. And because it was, she was a new employee, she got to a point of sick days, and they cut her loose. And... She went to John Peter Smith. God bless anybody who goes down there. And uh, even, even with her very limited income and not having a job and the way they worked, the ratios, whatever, she still had to have so much money just to do the surgery she needed. 
And she came in and she hung her head and she said, I feel like such a failure. She says, you know, I left here. I went to this other place for a little more money. Now, then I got sick. Then I find out the reason for the sickness was this other. And I lost my job. And now it's going to take, I'm going to have to go in and get the surgery, get this fixed. See, that's what I'm talking about, stacking up symptoms. And I don't know how you're hardwired, but I don't handle failure well. Amen. And so I go to kicking myself. Anybody here like that? Yeah, I don't handle failure well. And so I go to kicking. So now you have these issues. You see, that's where she was. She had the financial issue. She had the health issue. And then she's kicking herself. And even back then, as a young man, I was so kind and gracious. And I took her hand in mine and I said, sister, I said, get the surgery. I said, there's no condemnation here. We're not handing out condemnation. I said, you need to get well. You can't work unless you're well. If you're not working, you can't get yourself fixed financially. I said, it all begins with getting this taken care of. Whatever the amount was, I don't remember, it, was, it wasn't that much, but she had it. But that's pretty much what she had and all she had. I said, sister, go get yourself taken care of. And then you can get a job. And then you make money. And I said, six months from now, you'll be on your feet. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So the point is, don't let that wicked devil stack up symptoms on you. Fight the good fight of faith, battle by battle, and run him the heck out. Amen. And if you've got a list, you know, we used to teach on money up at I-30. We talk about eliminating debt. And the way, we'd, the way I, I would teach it was, and there may be a better way to teach it, but the way I would teach it is take every extra five bucks you have and throw it against your smallest debt. And then when that debt's paid off, take your payment on that debt and any extra five bucks or 10 bucks you have and throw it against the second smallest debt and keep rolling forward, rolling forward, rolling forward until you don't owe anybody anything. And I've, I've done this over and over and over in my life. And, uh, you know, I've gotten pretty adept at paying stuff off. But I would say the same thing with your body. But I would do it in this order. The most recent thing. Whatever the most recent. Don't, do not. Tell your neighbor, do not. Do not. Let Satan let stack Satan. up stack symptoms up. on you. Symptoms. Because, see, you, you just get to where you just feel like you're drowning. And that's been, that was the biggest revelation of my life in 2023. And you know where I got it? I got it right here at Faith Christian Center. And uh, so, you know, even today, you know, you know, I thought to myself, wow, that hurts. 
But man, I mean, I went to war and I drove him out. I did my calculation at the end of the year and I've, in obedience to his command to walk four miles every day, in 1988, I have circumvented the earth 2.1 times. So that can put some wear and tear on you, on your knees, on your hips, on your feet. But I fight the good fight of faith. And I'm going to go down if I go down with a sword in my hand. And I'm going to quote that word to that devil. And I'm going to run him out. And I'm not taking nothing off him. And he's not absolutely not going to stack up symptoms on me. Amen. So whatever it is that he's trying to do to you financially or he's trying to do to you in your body, job number one is to be a warrior and not accept it. And you just take the word of God, Colossians 2.15, Colossians 2, Colossians 2, Galatians 3.13, and you just give him his walking papers and you run him the heck out. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. That's Galatians 3.13, Colossians 2.15. He made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. And so let those verses, that's two verses right there to start meditating on. Get them down into your heart. And when he comes against you and your body comes against, how about your children? How about your family? When he comes against you in any way, do not let him stack up symptoms. Amen. Amen. Go to war immediately. Go to war in the last one. Get that knocked out. Then the next one, get that knocked out. I know what I'm talking about because I'm, I'm working on something now from about 1963 and it's the last thing on my list. Hallelujah. I have run him out. He is not in charge of me. He's not in charge of my body. He's not in charge of my money. He's not in charge of Faith Christian Center. Are you hearing me? We give him no place, no right, no authority. And stop talking about how old you are. What has that got to do with anything? Amen. God designed these bodies to continue on forever. We know they're not going to. As far as much as I've walked, I haven't walked as much as Abraham. Man, I just read about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Man, those people were walking all the time, you know, and they lived God knows how many years, 180 years. So uh, I haven't put anywhere near the, the stress on my body those guys did. And they, they did all that manual labor. My goodness. And you don't, you don't hear about Abraham, you know, uh, limping or uh, Isaac uh, needing a, a wheelchair or you don't read about any of that stuff, you know. Well, they had a shepherd staff. Well, they were shepherds. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Say, it is, it is the will of God that I be blessed, I be blessed in my coming, in my, coming. My, going, my going, my rising up, my, up, my laying down, my, laying down, my going out, my coming in, in my body, in my money, in my home, in my family. And the devil is not in charge of anything having to do with me.